When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buenos dias, chicas y chicos. Uh, hello and welcome, a very warm welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast. Spreading and sharing the supreme delight of this wonderful and fast-growing game. I'm your host, Minter Dial, and this podcast is brought to you by Paddle 1969, the largest manufacturer of premium paddle courts, one court for life by Paddle 1969. Joy of Paddle is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. For more information about the network, go ahead and check out evergreenpodcast.com. So this is the inaugural season of the Joy of Paddle podcast. And to start with, we're going to do an episode once every fortnight. Episodes will drop every other Wednesday at 12 noon London time. Please let us know what you think about the show by putting up a rating and review. So for this fifth edition of the Joy of Paddle podcast, my guest is Denise Herfer. Denise is the number one German paddle team player alongside Vicky Kurtz. She's captain of the German national paddle team and runs D-Style sport management and management business. A former professional tennis player, since 2018, Denise has scorched onto the paddle scene. She's currently ranked number 126 in the world on FIP. She's also a good friend, and I've had the pleasure of playing with Denise many a time. Vamos! Well, Denise Hofer, so great to have you on the show. I mean... Like some of the other people who've been on the show, I have had the great privilege and pleasure to play with you, and it's a it's always a joyful experience. Denise, in your own words, who are you? Hi, Minter. Thanks for having me here. This is like hopefully going to be a lot of fun for you, for me, for everybody else. Um, my name is Denise. I'm 42 years old. I'm born and raised in Germany. I'm a former tennis pro, and uh, right now I'm trying to do my best in paddle. Let's see how far it can go. Yeah, so let talk us through. I mean, so you played, obviously, pro tennis in the women's circuit. Talk us, you know, how that was, and then your transition into paddle. How did you get to paddle? Well, talking about pro, pro tennis player, um, I was always doing my school and my studies at the same time, so I was ranked between, like, 300, 350 uh, WTA, and I was playing first division um, German league. So um, I did, I made money with it, but I was still doing like all my education stuff. Mm. So um, it was very um, intense. It was an intense time, like doing the school and the university in the same time, trying to be a pro player. But um, I did it with a lot of passion. I don't regret a second I did that. Um, but I stopped like many years ago already. But tennis is one of my biggest passion and will always be. And um, paddle, well, paddle, I was just kind of running into it. It was like a coincidence, call it serendipity, call it whatever you want. I call it luck um, because now it became like 
probably my biggest passion, maybe even a bit bigger than tennis right now. Um, I was very lucky that some of my friends, my close friends, who are also like tennis players, they introduced me into paddle. So like four years ago, um, they asked me to come to, to south of France because they're having a court there and they were like, hey, Denise, why don't you come for the weekend? Um, we have a thing, a, a sport which is called paddle. You should try it. And we have a court at the family's house. And I'm like, ugh, I don't what know. This? What is this? I'm not so sure if I will like it. Well, but you weren't, you weren't sorry about going to the south yeah, of yeah, France, I'm sure. No, well, south of France is definitely not the, the wrong place to be. <sighs> definitely not. And also because there are all tennis players as well. So they promised me, Denise, in case you do not like it, we'll play tennis with you. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to come, I'm going to come and I will see if I like it or not. So I got my ticket, flew to south of France, returned to south of France on a Friday, went straight on the paddle, on the paddle court like they always do, those guys. Right. Well, I actually barely left the paddle court till Sunday night, till I, <laughs> till I flew home. So, yeah. Immediately fell in love. Love at first sight. So, because people, uh, this is just an audio of you, they won't know that you're not a six foot five giant. I'm not. Y yeah, right. Hold <laughs> Oops. on. Hello. Whoa. News. With my heels, I am. News alert. News alert. <laughs> so, but you are, your transition into paddle, because oftentimes tennis players struggle to get into paddle. To talk us through your movement into it. I mean, obviously, did you have the same kind of struggles as, oh, the wall, oh. <laughs> I would lie if I would say no. <laughs> so definitely a big yes. And everybody was telling you, Denise, let it go, let it go, let it bounce off the wall. I'm like, no, 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 no. And they're all like, but the wall is your friend. I'm like, no, it's my biggest enemy. <laughs> they're like, no, it's your friend. I'm like, no. So yes, I definitely did have my struggles. Until now, there are always like points in the match you're like oh, serious why did the ball come out of the wall like this way yeah, and not right, the other right. way yeah, so especially when you hit a lefty or something yeah. totally true what you're saying but i have to say we're not enemies anymore we become friends we are probably not besties yet <laughs> but we're getting there love it so today denise you obviously practice your you have another profession which is in the sports management but in, in terms of Today, Paddle, uh, you are number one ranked in Germany. Who's your partner? How did you make that? How's that going? Well, as everybody know, Paddle right now is the fastest growing sport in the world. So also Germany discovered the sport a bit later than some other countries, even though it's like a big country, but it's like really, really growing in Germany too. And my partner, who's like way younger than I am, but I know her since she's a little kid because she was playing for the same tennis club that I was. And we don't live uh, far away from each other. So when I started playing paddle, she was already into paddle, like one, two years longer than mm -hmm. I was, even though she's younger. Mm -hmm. um, but she was at this time at the, uh, uh, the United States um, to study. So she studied one year abroad and then she came back to Germany and she's like, hi, Denise. She called me up. She's like, hey, I heard you pl started playing paddle. I'm like, yeah, I do. She's like, hey, should we train? I'm like, sounds good to me. And since then, we're, we made a team. And um, in the last two, two and a half years, we haven't lost a single match in Germany. Wow. So um, as I understand it, she plays, she's left-handed. So yes. she plays on the right, you play on the left. And, and despite your size, you are you're definitely a you know, a strong player. How would you describe yourself as a as a paddle player? And the way I like to ask it is, tell us what sort of animal are you? 
Well, what kind of what kind of player I am? Let's first answer this question. Um, because my partner, she's not much taller than I am, but she's pretty strong, and she's a lefty. And lefties are always a bit creative, a mm. bit crazy, as we also know from tennis sometimes. <laughs> so she definitely is the one who wants to finish the point. So me, I need to ke- kind of keep the overview over the game, mm. and also like on the, uh, work on the defense well, but then also attack at the right, right. point. But I have to stay a bit more patient. So what kind of animal I am? Well, my favorite animal by far is a black panther. Mm. Probably that's kind of how I am. I'm not the biggest, but I, I'm, I'm very fast on the court. And when it comes to the right moment, I can attack. Mm-hmm. But I wait, I anticipate, mm-hmm. and I move like pretty sleek, I would call it. There you go. I think that's fair. <laughs> very fair. So um, what about, what you know, now that you've been playing for five years? Four years. Four years. What is your favorite shot and why? <laughs> well, obviously, because I'm coming out of the tennis till today, it's probably my two-handed short cross-court Ooh, backhand. backhand. Yeah. So like a short, it's coming in and y- you pound it down. Y- I pound it down or as a return, if I can take it before the glass, mm. And um, the one who serves and wants to approach to the net, he can't get it because the ankle is too short. So I definitely love this one. What about a shot that you feel like you could improve on? <laughs> this is my secret. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell it. Hopefully no, no, none of my opponents going to listen to that. Well, it's definitely Bibora. And also my smash, but I worked on it in the last one, two months. And I'm slowly, step by step, paso a paso. Yeah. getting there yeah. so what, what is it about the vibra that you you find more challenging in your when you dealing with it because you're, you're so capable it's always interesting when a, a great player or someone's very capable still has something that they can work on it's true what you're saying like i adapt really quick so if a coach tells me to do something i can do it normally immediately in like two minutes but the vibra is just so different than any other stroke in tennis mm. like there's no real stroke you can compare, mm-hmm. but also it's like not brand new because it's like a mix of a forehand volley of a, of a slice serve. It's like, and I'm just still kind of struggling then also keeping my wrist loose, you know. But yeah. as I said, bit by bit. Indeed, beautiful. Well, I'm with you on that one. Um, so you, you play pro mostly in Germany. You do travel though. I saw you in London, I remember at the FIP. Yes, um, what about amongst the other pro players, women or men and men? Who do you admire? Is there any are there any players that you particularly find are, are really fun to watch for you? Well, there are definitely a lot, a lot of amazing players out there, especially the Spanish guys and girls, because don't forget, like they're all coming from paddles, not like me, my myself. I just yeah. started like four years ago, so they're playing paddles since they're like little kids. So their anticipation is amazing, like how early they see where the ball will yeah. go. It's incredible to watch and one of the best examples talking about that definitely is Paquito Mm -hmm. so yeah Paquito Navarro like his anticipation is just crazy for sure he's not the fittest and for sure he's not the fastest but he sees everything anticipated so early so it's just amazing to see so when it comes to anticipation it's definitely Paquito Mm -hmm. talking about like still keeping up with the young kids because I'm not one of the young kids anymore either but still being so fit and in such an amazing shape and like training so hard every day definitely Bela Bela, amazing by being the goat in, in paddle for me, 16 years, number one, being such a gentleman. He's like the Roger Federer in paddle for me. Mm. But also then I watched Galan, I watched LeBron, how dynamic they are, the way they jump. It's like they look like they're from a different world. Also Coelho and Tapia, mm-hmm. like the four of them, 
It's a different world, a different sport. Watching them, it's beautiful. It strikes me when I watch um, Tapia, Kueya, LeBron, the Galan, there, there's a sort of a new movement to the way that they are approaching a point where they are much more dynamic and even switching, even though left and right, they're, they're, they're running across the net so much more that to try to destabilize. Well, the game changed a lot lately. I'm only in the game since four years, but when I see, for example, Bella playing, Pablo Lima playing, Juan Martin Diaz, um, they're all playing like old school paddle, mm-hmm. which was like avoiding making a mistake mm-hmm. and pushing a lot of times the ball back. Mm-hmm. Like those young kids, they're going for it. They're smashing, they're like crossing, they're doing wild things. And as you said, uh, they they very much disable the game um, the way they play now. Yeah. So Denise, you were saying you, you, you don't see yourself as a pro player. W- what do you mean by that? Well, we do practice kind of like pros, but let's be honest with each We are right now 120 in the world. I'm 120 in the world. I'm number one in Germany. But still, there's no real money you can make out of it. So you need to have a daily living. So I still have my job. Luckily, I work independent. So I can travel the world. I can play the tournaments and work from wherever. Um, I work in sports management. I do marketing, sponsoring, and all those things. And my partner, she still goes to university. And this is the only reason we can still travel and go to the tournaments. But when people think, oh my gosh, this is like an amazing life. Yes, it is. But you need to have sponsors. You need to have some extra money like to cover the costs. It's like not. We are like doing crazy money there. No, right. So, I mean, in tennis, presumably the cutoff in terms of rankings for making in life as a pro is, is much higher. I mean, in terms of the ranking, 120 in paddle, you're not going to make it as a life. T- a life. <laughs> well, no chance. Like, luckily, because we're number one in so we do have some nice sponsorships. And because the, the sport is growing so much, it, it, it gets more and more. But no, you def- definitely cannot compare it with tennis. Do you feel that, so you work in, in the area of, of uh, sponsorships, so you kind of know this business inside I out. Do. must be interesting to have knowledge of both sides of the equation, and I'm guessing you kind of know how to make that better for you. I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do know that. Uh, that's also why we do not have a manager, like I manage my mm-hmm. partner and myself. Mm-hmm. So, because I know what is the best for us, and I talk with her directly in whatever comes in. We split it uh, 50-50, and like this, um, I have it in my own hands, and I can tr- control it myself. Can you tell us who your sponsors are? Well, definitely I can. We are very proud that we are like the only German women sponsored by Cupra, because Cupra is a big name in paddle, and so we sponsored by Cupra, we sponsored by Head when it comes to the records. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have Sportkind outfits, which is not popular, but very cute. Very cute, though. A lot of different kind of colors, and um, very happy with it. And then we do have some extra sponsors, like um, like sponsoring us money wise. Nice. Yeah. So. You are also very active on you on social, so? yeah, <laughs> social. Uh, social, yeah, 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 no, I want, <laughs> in social, you're very active on the court, of course, Denise. <laughs> but in terms of your social media, and uh, how do you work that? Do you have to, do, uh, do you have to show things with regard to your sponsors, or is that an agreement, or you just do it because you you seem to have so much fun when you're on in your Instagram. <laughs> Well, I think Instagram, first of all, is not a place to be mean, to be mad, like to to put negativity out Mm. so I think it's completely the wrong place 
I think, um, to put this out. So me, I try to keep my Instagram really positive, really fun, sometimes a, bit, a little bit pro, um, provocative, you say that, how you mm, say yes that? Yes, you do. Yeah. So, um, but for me, it's like a toy I'm playing around. But definitely, yes, we ha do have the cooperation with our sponsors. And yes, we definitely produce content for them. But this is like a partnership, like both ways. And um, we love doing that. So how does someone find you on Insta? <laughs> dstyle3005. So hit me up. I'll put that in the notes. <laughs> but you, you talked about the fact that it should be a place of positivity. My Instagram reel thread you know, is, is constantly about paddle. And it's true, though. I, I do see sometimes negativity amongst the pros, about the pros, bad attitude of like a LeBron or something like that. And, and uh, how, how do you deal with that? I mean, because obviously if you're in the limelight, you're going to get good and bad. Well, I'm used to that since many years that I have to deal sometimes with negative comments, with negative people. So a few years ago, it really hurt me a lot. But right now I'm in the point of my life. I'm, you know, you know what? You write this comment, bye-bye, I'm just gonna block you. I just ignore it. Like, it's not worth it. Because there are people, like, hiding behind comments. Instead, like, if you want to tell me something, just call me. Just tell it to my face. Or write me a private DM. Don't put a stupid comment below some of my posts. And I think this is really shady. Um... And I feel very sad as well, like you just mentioned LeBron and he was injured and there's so much negative things that they put out of, uh, out there, like in comments about him. And he's such a sensitive person and um, I do not like to see that. And I think it's totally the wrong place to do it. I like when there's like positive criticism, mm -hmm. like constructive, constructive exactly totally fine for me you can tell me everything you know you can talk with me about everything but i think like right now is a lot of jealousy and a lot of unhappy people mm. and um i think guys just keep it for yourself don't put it out there yeah i, I mentioned lebron he i mean from my angle i think from many people's angles when you see him on the court he looks unhappy people tend to think oh how disgraceful or, or ungracious he is as a player sort of getting angry at Galan, but you you have a completely different side of him. I do. I totally do. So I know about that, but I think he is one of the most supportive players of all. I've seen him with the Spanish national team last year at the World Cup. He was supporting each and every single player of the Spanish team even he was even if he was on court or he was not on court he was clapping he was cheering he was coming and hugging and giving them kisses on their forehead whatever so he's a very very supportive player to the others and he suffers a lot right now because of his injuries so I think and I speak out because of myself too that a lot of people think bad about me too um, and I don't think I'm a bad person so I feel for him sometimes yes I do and this, of course, is coming from the number one player. That time, you know, when you were being supportive with all the other members of the team, it can make such a difference in terms yes. of team shape. 
It does. We do have that in the German national team as well. You know, I'm the captain. I'm trying to support all the players when we play. Um, and some they do have more energy. Some other they do have less energy. And it takes a lot of energy. I'm telling you to support all the other players and be there for him because it's energy draining. And you still want to keep the energy as well for yourself because you're gonna play at one point by yourself too. So you really need to be happy with yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to focus that you keep your energy together and also to, um, how you call that, to uh, energize yourself again right. and not getting too drained. Right. When you're the captain, are you also responsible for the choice of the, play the, the part pairs? No, I'm not. This is definitely um, our coach. She does that together. Like we have a female coach for the for the girls. We have a male coach for the guys. They take the decision. They talk with me about it, but it's totally not in my hands. And I'm very happy it's not, because this would bring me in a really bad situation after yeah, that. It's a lot of politics. So this is the joy of paddle, Denise, and. Um, it's, it's a obviously an addictive game, but what about some of the funniest moment or some sort of silly moment that happened to you on a paddle court? Does anything come to mind? Oh, well, we had a lot of silly moments, my partner, definitely, because she's pretty clumsy. So a lot of silly moments happening. So, for example, last, one of the last tournaments we played, she stumbled. And I felt something on my right foot, but I kept on playing because the ball was, it, a drop shot was coming. So I was running into the court till I realized it was actually her head, like hitting my foot. Because she slipped and then she stays back there. I'm like, stand up. She's like, you hit my head. I'm like, no, you fell on my foot. Yeah. So there are a lot of crazy yeah. moments happening. Um, as long as nobody really get injured. I mean, all's good there. One of the reasons why I, I've been enjoying sports and, and in the joy of paddle, I want to think about is what can you learn from paddle for life? What are the life lessons that have ever come to your mind about playing <laughs> paddle? Well, first of all, it's a team sport, right? So it's also like you're not alone. Like I'm a tennis player, so I'm used to be alone in my court and just focus on myself. So it's definitely being a team, like looking out for someone else on the court, like communication. Mm -hmm. You communicate a lot on the paddle court. So it's definitely this is one of the factors and also being patient because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sometimes a bit unpatient. In my really? <laughs> Just a little tiny bit, and only sometimes, please. <laughs> no, but definitely it's being patient and um, like also being in a team. Mm. Yeah, this idea of communicating, I find it extraordinary how the Spaniards or the Spanish-speaking culture is much more talkative. I think that the Anglo-Saxon from world from which you come, at least in you know, Britain, America, they, f even the French, they don't talk as much on the on the court. It's something we need to learn, and off the and really relationships as in a teamwork it, it's all about communication well I agree but my partner and me we talk a lot but we also talk a lot about non-paddle -to topics on the paddle court so we communicate pretty well but I think it's also because we like to talk a lot and we get along pretty well so it's also about like how you get along with each other like mm. people communicate in very different ways I think yeah. and when you look at the, how the paddle the pros there are so many changes and mm. partnerships do you have any view on how to choose your partner because I mean people who aren't pros necessarily still have to think about choosing their partners well first of all it has to be match who's right and who's left well and um, my partner she's a lefty she's a really strong lefty and I like being on the left but I'm not the strongest left player so for me it's a perfect match playing with her like being a left side player but not the one who finished the point with having a lefty on my side yeah I, I, I mean I'm sort of I feel like I'm a 
I'm doing what you do, but on the right, which yes. is more the traditional role of the right, right? Just to sort of push the ball, control, see the see the big picture. What about the um, the future of paddle for Denise? What does the future hold for you? Well, I'm already so happy what happened to me in the last two, three years. I was never expecting anything like that coming up in my life again. Um, I was competing twice in the World Cup. We twice went under the last eight, under the top eight. So I played the World Cup last year in Dubai and the year before in Qatar. As well, I played the European Olympic um, championship this year so they want to see if paddle might become olympic or not we won two international titles um fib titles in the last year so this is already great so let's see how much further we can go two three weeks ago it was the first premier paddle tournament for women in rome it was the best 60 pairs in the world and we were so lucky that we were one of them so it was also a big honor so our next goal is to see if we have a slight chance to play the next Premier Paddle in Paris at Roland Garros. That would be great. And then there's also the European Championship coming up this year, playing for Germany again in the national team and also being the captain of the team. And um, yeah, I guess that's it for, for now. Yeah, And then playing some more FIP Rise tournaments and FIP Stars, whatever. And you know, for me, it's, it's not my profession. So it's fun, passion. And let's see where it will take me. Beautiful. It must be very much be an honor to be the captain of the uh, national <laughs> team. Always a pleasure to play with you, Denise. And uh, you. love your energy. Keep at it, you Likewise. Panther. Thank you. Thank you so much, Minter. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, let's keep on playing. Vamos! Yeah, vamos! <laughs> so I hope you've enjoyed this Joy of Paddle episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to be the first in queue for the next episode. And if you like what you hear, please do share around with other paddle aficionados. This is a sport that deserves to be played by absolutely everyone. And if you've got a story that you'd like to share, please send me an email or, a, better yet, a voice note at nminterdial at gmail.com. With that, vamos! Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Mm -hmm.